following podcast may contain sensitive themes not suitable for all audiences, and it is not a replacement for seeking or maintaining a professional health relationship. Listener discretion is advised. To learn more information regarding additional disclaimers, privacy policies, and terms and conditions, please visit HelloDrTammy.com. Bonjour, hello, this is Dr. Tammy, your host of Psychologists Say, a podcast where we create conversations about everyday life from a clinical psychologist perspective. Thanks for joining me today. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for checking us out and welcome to our returning listeners. Today, I'm going to, t- going to talk to you about a therapy approach I mention often throughout the podcast. And it's called cognitive behavioral therapy. I just want to I want to talk to you a little bit more about what it is, so that you can do some of your own research, and you can also then maybe feel like you can keep up when I say the word CBT, or whenever we're just talking about how we work with uh, this type of mo- treatment in our area. So, cognitive behavioral therapy it's a, it's a psychological treatment. And we have been trained, I have been trained in this approach, and it is a very common type of approach used by uh, many psychologists. It's not the only one, Uh, but it's very, um, it's shown to be very effective for helping treat things like a depression. If you're struggling with anxiety, substance use disorder, motivation, and being able to guide your goals and your daily tasks and activities. It can definitely be used uh, in all areas of life because we use this as a tool. It's a tool for us as psychologists to guide and help you develop your tools in terms of how you're thinking and to understand how your thinking patterns impact your behavioral patterns and how that further impacts your actions and your moods. I like to think of this as a triangle. And, and it's not just me. I think this is the way they present CBT uh, as is in a triangle of, of thoughts, feelings and behaviors. And every time I work with a patient or I'm doing a workshop or the way I deal with myself in a, in a daily basis, I, I repeatedly see this triangle in my mind and the arrows are go both ways. So it's it's this reminder to myself of the way I work with people in general. but how I work with myself is this thought, behavior, action, you know, mood, mood, thought, behavior, behavior, thought, mood, that this is the way I'm interpreting and perceiving my world. And if something isn't going right, I have to really check in with one of these areas and I can manipulate them. I can manipulate one of these areas to one, improve my mood, uh, two, to improve my thoughts, or three, to improve my behaviors. So in CBT, when we use this skill, that's the, the, that's the core, in my opinion, that is the core, is being able to teach that to my patients. And I use it daily myself. I use it several times a day. Throughout the entire day, I would say, uh, I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth with what, what's going on for me right now. And is it working well? If it's working well, then you're what I'm thinking is you're line, you're in line with what your your actions are. They're very consistent with the the with what you're thinking, and your mood is is right in in sync. 
and you're, you have that energy, you, you just feel like you're in balance. So that's a really good word is, is I feel that balance. I feel that comfort. And those feelings come from my, that I'm, I know that my ideas, the self-talk, my, my internal monologue or dialogue, the, the conversation I'm having with myself within my, my mind is really, it's working for me because I can, I can tell that by my behavior. I'm acting. My actions are in a good way. Let's really just break this down of the, the, the psychological problem. So if you're a new listener, you definitely want to go back and check out our earlier episodes. So we can, you can feel like, you know, how we can explain some of these problems. Anxiety is, a, is one of my areas of where I really like to hone in. And I think it's definitely, I know it's one of the most common disorders that I see in my clinic and that I think that we are dealing with at a very high rate in society, especially after the COVID pandemic, but it's always been here. And anxiety right now is, is elevated. I think people, we, we want to feel like we don't have it anymore, or we want to feel that we're in control of this anxiety. Yet after experiencing something like COVID, and we're still in this, it's normal, very normal to have a, a elevated awareness, maybe a, a feeling of uncertainty while you're trying to navigate uh, how to cope and deal with something that's new to you, that was that's foreign, and it's been introduced into your life in, a, in, in such a massive way. And that, that kind of change in our life, it is considered a bit threatening for sure. And what we were experiencing was on a high, we were on high alert and our bodies, they may have a lot of trouble with coming down from that kind of a state of alert. If you're feeling like this, don't worry, you're not alone. Uh, Many, many people are trying to find a new state of what is, what's a new level of acceptable maybe anxiety or an acceptable level of comfort after uh, everything about maybe what we knew or we thought we knew was challenged in some sort of way. And I, I can definitely say that we, we all were challenged our, our, our typical thinking uh, maybe of the way we felt secure or safe, or that maybe we like to think that things couldn't happen at this level. And when you're, given a piece of data that says, oh boy, but now we have this, you know, we we went through this experience and it was, it was, it's critical. It was high. It was a level of uncontrollability that we all could feel that we knew we were walking through something very intense and it was prolonged and we're in it now. We're still navigating this. And so when we think about this, if we were to add like unhealthy thoughts onto that, situation, it can escalate a feeling of more anxiety, more anticipation, more uncertainty. It's real important then like a CBT model to say, how can we go in and, and how can I help you understand that the thinking patterns behind something as big as COVID, uh, as big as a divorce, as big as the loss of a loved one, as big as a losing your home. You know, when we start to think of all of the things I, I I just mentioned and so many more, the thoughts that we 
the way we choose to think about a situation is going to definitely help us walk through that in a way that that helps us, I guess, manage our steps. So there, all the research out there says, you know, there's no way to just po- overly positive uh, to think something. You don't want to just 100% just think happy thoughts. That's definitely not what we're talking about. And I know there's research out there that shows that's not really helpful to to just totally be void of any realistic thoughts. And everything in life is not just fake it to make it that this is you just you just have to feel 100% positive about this. Your brain will know it will figure out something's not right. It's okay to balance it. That's what CBT really does. It balances it. I always like to think of it as like a teeter totter. And so if if your thoughts are really negative, or even if you're having more negative than you are positive, then the the feeling of anxiety is going going to infiltrate your body or the feeling of depression or the feeling of overwhelm or uncertainty. Changing up that thinking can be one way where you balancing it. It requires work. It requires uh, sometimes having to even have a diagram, you know, in your head. Like that's what I do. I have this and I, and I diagram it for my patients where they have this triangle and they, I'm hoping what it does and because it does it for me. It's a, it's a feeling of empowerment to know you can walk out into this world and know that it does not control you, that you have a, this magnificent tool. And, and it's one of many. Like, again, this is one of many that can help you navigate a, a world that feels very complex, that feels very unpredictable, and to manage a life that is ultimately chaotic because that's what, you know, being a human is about. If human life was predictable, safe, and secure, I'd be out of a job. I, I just have never met a person who has had all of that checked off for their life. I've never met a person that has been 100% secure in their future. I've never met a person that has felt 100% safe. And I've never met somebody who felt like they were not apprehensive, even in the slightest, about whatever their, their next move should be. So I want to normalize uh, this level of uncertainty that just just part of the chaos of living. These are my listeners. You know, we all realize that we, if you tune in to listen to me, you're one of those people out there that knows if we could do this all on our own, we would, you know, we don't, if we could, if we could solve our own problems, if we could understand all of this uh, connection between the way what's happening in the world and the way we're behaving in it or the why somebody's treating us in a certain way, why we are maybe sabotaging (laughs) Some of the things we said we wanted in life. Uh, why sometimes we're our worst enemy when we want to be our biggest cheerleader. These are all very relatable and you're my people. And so definitely don't feel alone in that. Know that that's part of daily life. That's part of who we are as, as humans and with this, this brain of ours that, uh, since early childhood, we, we want to attach to, to caretakers. We want to be, we want to belong. We want to be part of something. We want to be valued. And so all of those things are uh, ways of everyday thinking and, and behaving and reacting to this world 
that can feel really complex, yet let's break it down again. So thinking, if we're thinking that we are unlovable, what kind of behaviors could that generate for us? I could imagine that some of us may isolate. We may, we may be guarded. Um, and a lot of times it's an invisible guard. <laughs> People don't understand why maybe they can't get close to certain individuals. And if we're not verbalizing our, if we're not even tracking our thinking of maybe I'm unlovable, unlovable, then we, we could be warding off people who are trying to love us without even knowing it. And so that, that behavior of, of isolating. Now, a behavior is something that you can describe. It's an action. And so it's something that we are doing. The thought is something that it's in, that's our, our dialogue in our head. That's what our mind is saying. It's based on our perception. And then now I want to take you to the mood. That is that feeling that's internal, that we, we're now having a strong emotional connection to this. So a thought, remember now, that's what we say to ourselves in our, in our head. It's, it's our cognition. It's, it's being aware of our, the voice inside of our head. And uh, the voice inside of our head can be impacted by so many things. Everything that we say to ourselves has been impacted by either by a mix, an array of what other people have said to us, how other people have treated us. These are the things that we pull from to identify how we structure and start seeing ourselves. And a lot of this, majority of this will happen at a very young age. And so that's why in adulthood, we can go back and try to say, how can I restructure that? How, what's wrong? What's, why, do I, why do I feel like I'm, I'm not an easy person to love? Or why do I feel like when, when someone tries to love me, I end up pushing them away or I end up finding excuses to not get close to them? So my, why do I act this way when somebody I think may care about me, but I don't trust it? And so you start to, I just want, I'm giving you a lot of uh, examples about the way our, our thoughts can impact this behavior. And then the mood, some people can say, I feel really sad in, internally. I feel lonely. I feel like I'm alone in the, in this world. And so you start to link that. Well, what situations are resulting in you starting to feel alone? And then that's where you can start to backtrack. Now, CBT is very extensive. Uh, it involves, it involves homework. It's something that, that's why I love it. It's not up to your therapist to, uh, to fix problems or to fix relationships or even to fix you. It's up to your therapist to equip to give you some tools to really equip you with what you need in order to get out there and feel empowered and to feel empowered with dealing with yourself and dealing with others. That's what life comes down to relationship building. And so if you can have this little triangle in your head and go, okay, I want to change things up for me today and change is hard. I don't, I trust me, everybody out there, it changes hard. And so when we, when we make a commitment to just make one little change in our, and maybe even starting today, if you have this model, it's a, it's a way to just 
start to do a little bit of this work for yourself. And it's not going to solve everything, but I, I, I can say you're going to, you're going to feel like you have something in your back pocket. And so a lot of times our, our, the work that we have to do is taking a thought and we have to work it. You know, we, we can't just trust our thoughts. It's like trusting everything that you hear on the news. It's like trusting everything because you feel like the internet was the great, that was your best source to get it. So it has to be true. Our thoughts are totally flawed. We're distorted in them oftentimes. Oftentimes they're irrational, especially if it's your first thought. So if it's your automatic thought, we call it, it pops into your head and a perfect example of this would be if your phone rang at 3 a.m. and you have loved ones, what would your first thought be? And for many, it is that there's been some kind of catastrophic event. And why would they think that? Why would that be their first thought? Well, because maybe in the past they have received a phone call of something that was in crisis nature or that was alarming. And it came early in the early in the morning like that or late at night. And so that one, that one little, that one piece of evidence that that's what it could be, or maybe it happened more than once, or maybe that's what they see on the television. There's always a, they're seeing so much of this, where there's this call in the middle of the night, waking somebody out of their sleep. And the news that somebody's delivering is not good. Or there's a knock at the door late at night or early in the morning and the news is not good, whatever's being brought to you at that time. So the brain is making this connection of that a call at that time. It's putting together that data and the first automatic thought is something bad has happened. So let's just take that thought with then your body triggering. Most people will say I, they feel like their heart races. They may feel like they've been startled. They may get nervous and start having all of these fear thoughts. And they may rush to the phone and try to answer it. Some may look at the phone kind of frozen and stare at it, scared to answer it. And all of these things are going on before knowing what the phone call is about. So that's showing you right there where your thought, if it's automatic, without being challenged, a lot of times is an irrational thought. It's based on past experiences, past behaviors, witnessing of other other scenarios. And then our mind is jumping. It's, it could be jumping to conclusions. And so when you get that kind of situation, very important to pull up that triangle in your mind and go, okay, hold on. Phone is ringing. It's 3 a.m. To then challenge, take a you can either take a deep breath and slow that thinking process down to change it. You can go straight to that, that thought and go, let's, let's take a moment to just relax, balance the thinking. This could be really bad news or it could be a wrong number. It could be somebody that just maybe is locked out of the house and needs to get in. And so just taking that moment to examine and balance that from it's an emergency to maybe a, a wrong call. That one thought can then trigger your body to relax a bit, to get out of that fight or flight, 
and then to be able to change the behavior of freezing and staring at your phone to actually clicking it and saying hello. So that's how you change uh, and manage that mood of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. You're starting to face, this will give you a tool to start facing fears that a lot of times we make up in our own head. And it's not because we just want to be afraid of things. No, remember, this is because there's stuff that has we've experienced or there, we've watched on TV or we've heard about even that have impacted our perception. And so one way for us to do that is to challenge that. And I think this is a really good time for you guys to think about other ways that you can start to challenge uh, either what you're thinking, what you're um, doing. Now, remember, that's your behavior or what you're feeling. And so this is just one one step into us talking about it. And when I bring it up now, CBT, uh, you'll know that it's challenging these behaviors within those three realms. And that there's a, a lot of work about uh, that you do with yourself and with somebody else to uh, make sure that you're, you're doing your part to help yourself understand uh, how to navigate this. Because if we let it run, it'll run. And a lot of times our mind is skewed by this negative and it's skewed to be uh, feeling fear and anxiety and uh, overwhelmed and unsure. And so the power of CBT, I think, is being able to say, okay, I can't, maybe I'm too anxious. I keep thinking these thoughts, even though she's telling me to try to balance them with maybe a more productive thought. My mind is just, I just don't, I don't do that well. Then my next thought would be, well, can you change your behavior? Can you get up if you're laying in bed and you're thinking and you're worrying? And trying to balance your thinking a bit with something more more um, productive isn't working for you because that that anxiety thinking is so ingrained. Then I would challenge you to get up and turn on some music, turn on the TV, pick up a book and start reading something else. Do twenty jumping jacks. You know what did that do? Did that do anything to your the way you were feeling? Some people would turn on a comedy. And all of a sudden, they may be laughing and their mind, they may realize instead of feeling angst, they're starting to feel a level of relief and and just maybe satisfaction. Then their thoughts, they go, oh, wow, now I'm starting to think a bit clearer. I don't feel as hopeless about this uh, job interview that I was worrying about because now I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. I've changed something in my in my behavior that's helping my mood and then helping me to balance my thoughts. So I hope, I know there was a lot of me saying thoughts, feelings, behavior. Uh, That's, you I think that's great. Repetition. I want you to be thinking that thoughts, feelings, behavior. If I can change one, I can change the cycle. So thanks for checking in today. I know there's a lot more information and I, I, I can't cover it all in one episode, but I'm glad that you're with me today. And I sure hope you keep checking in. P.S. CBT is one of those things that we may feel is new to us or outside of our uh, awareness, but it's it's all over the place. And it's one tool that will really work for you if you give it a shot. Thanks for checking in. <laughs>